Blog Talk Radio. Jesus is a heartbeat, the blood inside of me, the life inside of me.
and we give God all the honor and we magnify him today. We bless you, Father. We give you all the praises. We worship you. We adore you for who you are. There's none like you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you for bringing us together today. We are here, and we need you than ever before. We are here, and we need you. Take us, mother, spirit of living God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So if you want to call in, use 646-668-2413. This is your program, and I believe you are blessed. Let us know. Amen. So today we are going to be talking about a little bit of kindness and generosity. A summary meet us. They say, are we kind? Are we generous? Kindness and generosity is where we are today. We are in a period. We are in a period and we are in a season where we all need kindness, where we all need generosity, where we all need to give kindness, where we all need to give generosity. Amen. So I'm going to uh, talk briefly. You know, this invisible enemy has been here. And uh, we need to continue in all our roles and uh, responsibility, which I have discussed some weeks ago in, uh, in one of the messages. And especially at this time, we need to continue to love and pray, especially we are having uh, some of those symptoms like uh, fever, body aches, chills, uh, we can't breathe and all sorts of uh, other symptoms okay sometimes we believe we, we often think that this will never end and uh, it, it's like something that is going to continue forever but it will one day end we want to extend our deepest condolences to those with loved ones facing this virus and uh, that is COVID-19, COVID coronavirus, and most especially to uh, our, I mean, and, and our gratitude, most especially to our frontline medical workers to scientists and many other people working to understand and find out this disease. There are also our response to the pandemic and the society inequalities as it has exposed many kinds of uh, situations like uh, uh, leaving many of our brothers and sisters deployed and isolated. So there's no doubt that uh, now is a time for our kindness. 
and generosity. We are in a season of it. And I believe that season will also pass away. And also, we would love to extend this kindness and generosity to those who are disproportionately affected by this coronavirus. And let's also extend it to those who deliver our meals, who stock our groceries. You know, if we don't eat, that is another sickness, right? And uh, to those who collect our garbage that is taking our waste products in your nations, I don't know where you, how you do that, where the, where you, where you dump your waste product. So let's explain it to these people. You know, if there is nobody collecting it, it will be a disaster as well. So let's extend it to their families, to their friends, and even to our adversaries, our enemies. Okay? So I know it's a tough time, and it's still a tough time. And in most parts of the world are beginning to be opening, even though it is unsafe to do so. So let's continue to pray. Let's continue to believe God for what he's doing at this time in the name of Jesus. So this is a challenging time. Let's remind ourselves we have the power to take care of one another. We need to be there for one another. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was saying that love one another. By this, all, all men we know that you are my disciple if we love one another. So very important. So we have kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly and generous and considerate. It's a simple dictionary meaning that shows we are friendly, generous, and considerate. I will say from the heart, because there are some people who might be friendly and generous with ulterior motives. They have their plan and agenda in their mind. So I will end it with love, with God's love from the heart. Okay? So it's an affection, a gentleness, warmth, concern, and care that are associated with kindness. You know, the kindness God is the highest degree of kindness as the hill of God is the very great hill. The mountains of God, exceeding high mountains, beside which this kindness was according to the covenant of God made between him and Jonathan. Hallelujah. Now, if somebody meets us would they say, are we kind or we are not kind? Now, what do we call a kind-hearted person? A kind-hearted person means somebody kind, they are caring, they are generous. 
So we can always say he was a warm, generous, a kind-hearted man. That is somebody who is sympathetic, somebody who is kind, somebody who is generous, and somebody who is very helpful. Okay. Now, how about, excuse me, now what is God's kindness? God's kindness, kindness of God, is that he does without considering his enemy's position. See, and surely this is the reason why God called David a man after his own heart. Okay? After his what? His own heart. And in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22. No, David was a man after God's own heart. So we have an example we can describe David and Saul. You saw how he was to Saul. He had every opportunity, every instance where he could have killed Saul. But he was always kind to him. He was an enemy. So they, they became an enemy to both of them now because someone is trying to take your life. It's your enemy. But really, still, he was still kind to Saul. And kindness, many benefits. And some of the benefits involves the quality of being happy. That is we have increased happiness and a healthier heart. Increased happiness and a healthier heart. That is a kindness sort of slow down our aging process and improves our relationship and connection. With, which indirectly boost our health. Again, when we partake of the act of kindness to other people, we have increased happiness in our life and we have a healthy heart. That is, if we are really sincere with doing this kindness from our heart with love, not the one we do without love and we have all kinds of reasons why we are doing it. Not really that we love or to do it. So when we really mean to do it from our heart with love, it's our aging process and improve our relationships and connections. Which, which indirectly boost our health. That is, it can provide healing. It can, pro- it can provide protection. It can provide immunity. So we are not easily affected by any sickness. We are protected by the love. We are healed by the love and kindness that emanates from this art of kindness. 
Now, how about generosity? You know, a simple dictionary definition of generosity is the quality of being willing to share. For example, we are seeing many people donating their extra food, donating their supplies to shelters, something that has to do with being happy to give our time, our money, our food, our kindness to people in need. But generosity is not just limited to these kinds of stuff. It's more than cash. It's more than stuff. Again, it's more than cash. It's more than stuff. Sometimes we have to give our heart. Sometimes we have to give ourselves. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to give our heart. Sometimes we have to give ourselves. And I'm going to be illustrating a couple of these in the next uh, in, in, the, in the next minute. Let's let's now go to uh, the book of Second Samuel. Okay, Second Samuel. We are going to read from uh, chapter nine. Okay, just going to read quickly from chapter nine and. Uh, that's verse 1. Okay. We're to read from verse 1 to 13. Okay. Now, David kindness to David's kindness to Mephibosheth. Okay. Now, verse 1 says, Now, David said, Is there still anyone who is, who is left of the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. It's a question. Is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness of for Jonathan's sake? Verse 2, And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Zikah. So when they had called him, you know, today, let's back up to verse 1. You know, today we can see uh, David is showing, David is inquiring of who was left of the house of Saul that he may show kindness for Jonathan's sake. Jonathan's sake. Now, here, David. God and Jonathan is a type of Jesus. And God is showing us a favor. He's giving us a generosity. He's giving us his kindness. He's giving us all that we ever need, all the blessings. And for whose sake? For Jesus' sake. We never we don't deserve it. There's no way we never look for it. But for this own sake, we can acquire all this. We are blessed, we are healed, we are delivered, and on and on. 
on on kindness kindness for sake hallelujah so now let's continue now verse 2 and there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba and when they had called him to David the king said to him are you Ziba he said at your service that is my king. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of David, a son of excuse me, son of Jonathan, who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is, he is in the house of Nakar, the son of Amir in Lord Deba. Verse 5. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Mekar, the son of Amir from Lord Deba. Okay? So we are now in verse 6. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, see how they traced the heritage back to Saul, just to let us know that Samuel was an enemy. <laughs> to David, he fed, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant, verse 7. So David said to him, Do you not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Continually. At his until he dies. Verse 8, Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Verse 9, And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belongs to Saul and to all his house. You therefore, verse 10, you therefore and your sons and your servants shall walk the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 27, verse 9, verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Verse 12, Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwell in the hands of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So, verse 13, so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? It's amazing. 
Amen. So we see in this test that we are seeing God's kindness revealed in the life of David, Jonathan, and Mephibosheth, which today has extended to God's children. Anyone who has called upon the name of the Lord, anyone who is receiving the grace that the Lord has poured upon us is equally receiving this kindness and generosity that we are seeing here. You know, at that time, most kings in David's day would try to wipe out the families of their enemies, their adversaries, anyone who would try to rival them in their kingship in order to prevent their uh, them being removed. Any descendant, any offspring, anyone at his life, they would try to wipe everything out. Okay, from seeking their throne. It's a guide to that, to try to remove them from their throne. So, but David showed kindness. Can see how amazing that is. You see, very, very scary. Because that time, if you don't do that, you are not secure. To be secure, at that time, they will wipe out any rival, anyone with a possibility that we want to wipe them away. But then show kindness to Mephibosheth, whose father was Jonathan, and whose grandfather was King Saul. So we see David being kind, partly because of his loyalty to God's previously anointed king, partly for political reasons, to unite Judah and Israel, and mainly because of his vow to show kindness to his beloved uh, Jonathan's descendant. You know, Mephibosheth was afraid to visit the king who wanted to treat him like a prince. And although Mephibosheth feared for his life and may have feared worthy at that time because he didn't deserve it. He didn't know why uh, it was being done, but it was God's kindness and generosity that has been extended to him. You see, my dear brother, my dear sister, when God graciously offers forgiveness of sins and a place in heaven, we may feel unworthy also. But we will receive this gift if we accept them. We saw how Mephibosheth received a reception. And I can say there is even a greater reception awaiting the, the children of God. See, a reception even warmer than the one David gave Mephibosheth, wait for all who will receive God's gift, who will accept God's gift through trusting Jesus Christ. Not because we deserve it, 
but because of God's promise. Okay? So we, we, if you want to read that, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, you can see that in verse 8 and verse 9. Now, his treatment of Mephibosheth shows David's integrity as a leader who accepted his obligation to show love and mercy, his generous provision for Jonathan's son goes beyond any political benefit he might have received. So are we able to forgive others as well? Are we also able to extend our kindness to others? Are we able to be generous with those who are less deserving? Each time we show compassion, our character is strengthened. Hallelujah. We give God all the glory. Mephibosheth was wonderfully blessed, not because of anything he did, but because of David's faithfulness to a covenant promise. Likewise, today, we believers are blessed not because of any good works, not because of what we deserve, but because of God's faithfulness to the new covenant and the promise of the gospel. Hallelujah. We give God the praise. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. In the name of Jesus. Now, to even go further with that, let's go to the book of Titus, the book of Titus, okay? I hope that blesses us. The book of Titus now. So, God comes. Hallelujah. Um, let's see. I'd like to read it for now. Let me, uh, <clears throat> let's, let's go to, uh, hope you are there. The book of Titus. So this book of titles kind of talks about Titus chapter three, group of the hairs of hairs of grace. Grace of the hairs of grace is what is the title. That's chapter three. In my my Bible. So I'm going to read from a uh, different translation, okay? That's okay. Let me read from uh, Amplify, okay? So I'm reading from uh, verse, uh, verse 1. It says, Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, and to act to be ready and willing to do good, to slander and abuse no one, 
to be kind and conciliatory and gentle, showing unqualified, considerable, and courtesy towards everyone. Verse 2. For we too were foolish, disobedient, and deceived, enslaved to various sinful desires and pleasures, spending and watching our lives in malice and envy and hateful, hating one another. Verse 4. But when the kindness, uh, sorry, but when the goodness and kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared in human form as the man, Jesus Christ, that that is what we used to. Okay, we used to be, it's uh, 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 telling us that. Paul instructing uh, the questions regarding submission and obedience to the authorities. Okay. To the authorities. Okay. To the rulers and the authorities regarding submission and obedience to the authorities uh, in their communities. So Tato was so title was to remind them of their duty to be good citizens. Citizens, they were not being obedient. Reminding them to, uh, to be submissive, uh, to be obedient to the authorities in their communities. So title was to remind them of their duty to be good citizens, a virtue which the Christian seriously I lacked. Okay. This was uh, a virtue that the Christians notoriously lacked. So you can see uh, uh, the, the, the first chapter, verse 12. First chapter, verse 12. Can read that there? Yes, sir. And. Uh, uh, um, so we see the uh, uh, this reflects the uh, uh, the life the lifestyle of these people in the church and was reflecting in their submission in the government so where they used to be, they, they were uh, um, they were foolish and they were disobedient. They were deceiving. They were serving various laws. They were pleasures. They were living in malice. They were living in envy, hateful, hating one another. Some of us are partaking with all with some of this today. But look at verse 4. It says, But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appear, who is this kindness? Who is this um, love? You see? So we are seeing that it was in the human form and Jesus Christ. In human form, he came. Okay, we see Jesus as the kindness, as the love 
that came. So he appears. And when you even go further to the context in Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 11, you see, so you can even see that even Jesus Christ was the grace of God that came. If I may read it now, he said, For the grace of God that brings salvation has has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And he added this, speak these things in verse 15, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. It's amazing. Okay? So now we see in this chapter 3, verse 4, that we are seeing the kindness, we are seeing the love of God appear in the human form as the man, Jesus Christ. And verse 5 said, He saved us not because of any works of righteousness done, but because of His compassion and mercy by the cleansing of the new bath. And that new bath is a spiritual transformation. Generation, and this is done by will by the Holy Spirit. Verse six says, "Pour out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior." And verse seven says, "Justified, and when we are justified, we are declared free from act of being. We are declared righteous." We are missing of the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved and grace that will, will be acknowledged as acceptable to him. And they have of eternal life after experiencing it according to our hope is guaranteed. Now in um, in verse 8, in verse 8, he's uh, giving us a practical uh, uh, benefit of good works. Well, the book of Titus is about good works, not about good works a lot. Okay. Uh, 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 he emphasized the particularity. Of uh, what of good works, Hallelujah. The practicality of good works in verse uh, in verse eight, he said, uh, "He said this is the faithful and trustworthy saying and concerning these things, I want you to." I want you to speak with great confidence so that those who believe God, trust in, rely on 
and accepted Christ Jesus as Savior, will be careful to participate in doing good and honorable things. You see? And he saying that these things are excellent in themselves and profitable for the people. What is he saying? Paul is emphasizing that when that that we be careful to maintain good works. And he's saying that these things are good and profitable. And he benefits to doing good works. And there is a profit that will come. Hallelujah. Say these things are good and profitable to men. So we should be careful to maintain what? Good men. Amen. And he's calling this a faithful saying. Okay? It's a faithful saying. And 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 these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Hallelujah. So I think that is the the, the last verse. So we see that the uh the, the the renewing of the Holy Spirit will be a continual process of Christian living uh, that that enable enabled by the Holy Spirit resulting in our growth in character and good works. So we see this in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so this uh, Romans chapter twelve. Okay, Romans chapter twelve. I want to read from verse 9. So it said, Let love be without hypocrisy, above what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another. Amen. Be kindly affectionate to one another. And, uh, okay. It said, Be kindly affectionate to one another, which God will be love. So let's see. Uh, if I say with that, this Romans chapter 12, let's see. So we see, uh, let's read from verse 9, saying, We say, Love is to be sincere and active. The real thing without God and hypocrisy. Hate not his evil, detest all ungodliness. Do not tolerate wickedness. Hold on 
be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. That is as if we are members of one family. It's like this COVID-19, we should see ourselves as members of one family. Not happy for somebody being affected by a virus or, or is in a bad shape and we are happy and all kinds of lifestyle. Uh, it's not good. See, so if we see ourselves as a member of one family, it's a brotherly affection. As members of one family, giving preference, giving preference to one another in honor. Never lagging behind, the level said, never lagging behind in diligence. A glow in spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord. So, let me read it on this, on expanded. He says, that I say, it says you, your love must be real. That is sincere. Uh, uh, Hypocritical. Hate, abhor, despise what is evil, and hold on, cling to what is good. Love be devoted to each other like brothers and sisters, with family, brotherly affection, giving each other more honor than you want for yourself. That is, we are doing one another in showing honor, be eager to show honor to one another. You see, so he said, do not, verse 11 said, do not be lazy, but work hard, lacking in zeal, serving the Lord with all heart, uh, a fervent, eager, enthusiastic spirit. Verse 12 said, be joyful because you have hope, rejoice in hope. Uh, rejoice in hope, be patient, endure. When trouble comes, in suffering, in tribulation, and pray at all times faithfully with persistence, perseverance. Verse 13 says, He said, Share with God's people, the saints, uh, who need help. That is, share with God's people who need help. Bring strangers in need into your homes. Uh, pursue, be eager to show hospitality. Verse 14, which good for uh, those who harm uh, you, that is, bless those who persecute you, and wish them well, that is, bless them, and do not curse them. Be happy, that is, rejoice with those who are happy, and rejoice, uh, or be happy, uh, or be sad, or weep with those who are sad, or who are weeping. And verse 16 said, is uh, saying that we should live in peace, uh, in harmony with each other. Do not be proud or arrogant or haughty, but make friends with those who seem uh, unimportant. Associate with those uh, of low social status or be willing to do lowly tasks. Do not think how smart or wise uh, superior you are. Uh, verse 17 says, He said, If someone does wrong to you, do not pay him back by doing wrong to him. Repay no one evil for evil. Try to do or consider 
carefully what everyone thinks is right. Others view as good, honorable, is good, noble before all people. And verse 18 said, you know, do your best to uh, live in peace with everyone. And 19 says, my friends, do not try to punish others when they wrong you. That is, we take revenge or avenge ourselves, but wait for God to punish them with his anger. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, I will punish those who do wrong. Vengeance is mine. I will repay them, says the Lord, but you should do this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Doing this will be like pouring, that is, heaping bony coals on his hair. And in conclusion, verse 21, do not let evil defeat you or conquer, overcome you. We defeat or conquer, overcome evil by doing good. Remember, we are more than conqueror in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, see you next time. Call us.